Do you want to empower families and young people in your community? Then take the time to make a tax-deductible contribution to the Coach Tate Fund. The Coach Tate Foundation is dedicated to helping young people and their families in learning and passing on the kinds of life skills that we all need to succeed. All too often, we hear about kids and their families having encountered life's difficulties that could have been easily avoided by knowing better decision-making skills. From anger management to money management to something as simple as learning to manage how we spend our time or how we use our job skills. Make a donation to the Coach Tate Fund. It'll help kids who need help and their families too. Make your contribution to the Coach Tate Fund. Get details at www.coachtatefoundation.com. And oh, by the way, thank you. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts Be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Good morning. It's family time, and welcome back, listeners. Our topic today is discern divinely on our pathway forward. What does the Bible say about discernment? The word discern and its derivatives are translations of the Greek word anachronos. In the New Testament, it means to distinguish, to separate out by diligent search, to examine. Discernment is the ability to properly discriminate or make determinations. It is related to wisdom. The Word of God itself is said to discern the thoughts and intentions of one's heart, Hebrews 4.12. A discerning mind demonstrates wisdom and insight that go beyond what is seen and heard. For example, God's word is spiritually discerned. To the human mind, without the spirit, the things of God are foolishness. 1 Corinthians 2.14. The spirit then gives us spiritual discernment. King Solomon was known for his power of discernment, making many wise decisions and moral judgments, 1 Kings 3, 9, and 11. Christians today are to be discerning as well. Paul prayed for believers to discern what is best until the day of Christ, Philippians 1, 10. A discerning person will acknowledge the word of God's word, the worth of God's word. All the words of my mouth are just. None of them is crooked or preverse. To the discerning, all of them are right. They are faultless to those who have knowledge. Proverbs 8, 8 through 9. Seeking discernment is a goal for all of us who desire to walk righteously. Who is wise? He will realize these things. Who is discerning? He will understand them. The ways of the Lord are the right, the righteous walk in them, but the rebellious stumble in them. Hosea 14.9. We are commanded to hate what is evil and cling to what is good. Romans 12.9. But unless we have true discernment, 
how can we determine what is evil and what is good? In order to maintain the purity of the gospel, the people of God, the church, must distinguish truth from heresy. Wisdom also demands that we properly discriminate between what is best and what is merely good. Discernment has many collateral benefits, listeners. My son, preserve sound judgment and discernment. Do not let them out of your sight. They will be life for you, an ornament to grace your neck. Then you will go on your way in safety, and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet, Proverbs 3, 21 through 24. Just as Solomon saw discernment and wisdom in Proverbs 1, 2, 1 Kings 3, 9 through 12, to explore the handiwork of God, Ecclesiastes 1.13, and seek the meaning of life, Ecclesiastes 12.13. So should believers seek the wisdom that comes from heaven, James 3.17. We must study the scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus, 2 Timothy 315. May our prayer listeners be this, quote, I am your servant, Lord. Give me discernment that I may understand your statutes. Psalms 119-125. Amen. To everybody who enjoys listening and learning with Minister Francina Horace. Your generous donation is what supports your ongoing family and youth ministry on and off the air. You can donate by going to CoachTateFoundation.com, which is CoachTateFoundation.com, and press donate. If you want to learn more about Francina, you can go to www.francina.com, which is www.phrancena.com. Thank you, and God bless. Welcome back, listeners. Now, let's notate the various gifts of discernment. The Bible speaks of the gift of discernment or distinguishing of spirits. Paul wrote the following to the church of Corinth. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and to another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to know whether it is really the spirit of God or another spirit that is speaking. Still, Another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, and another is given the ability to interpret what is being said, 1 Corinthians 12, 10. The gift was given to the church of Jesus Christ as one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, listen, what is this gift? To begin with, we find that the gift of discernment or distinguishing of spirits is only mentioned once in the New Testament. The nature of the gift is not explained or defined. Consequently, there are different ways in which the gift is understood by Bible-believing Christians. They include the following. Number one, it was a special gift to discern whether those who prophesied were actually speaking from God. Secondly, The gift was given to distinguish between the Holy Spirit and the working of evil spirits. Number three, there is also the view that the gift incorporated both of these abilities as well as many others. 
Now, let's look at that option one. The gift of discernment of spirits has to do with evaluating prophecies. One perspective listener sees the gift, the distinguishing of spirits, as a temporary gift that was used only by the first generation of Christians. The purpose was to know if a prophetic message was divine or from some other source. Since discernment of spirits is mentioned after the gift of prophecy, it provides an immediate clue as to its function. It is the ability to determine between what was genuine revelation from God and that which is false. As the New Testament was being completed, the great majority of the revelation which believers had about Jesus Christ was in an oral form. It was, therefore, necessary for Christians to be able to discern between the true and the false. That's in the New Testament, listeners. Now, with the Old Testament as the only complete written revelation, there needed to be some way the early church could distinguish the true from the false doctrine about Jesus. Since there many stories about Jesus that were circulating, the believers needed this divine ability to discern truth from error. When someone uttered a prophecy, it was necessary to determine whether or not that prophecy was speaking from God. The Lord supernaturally gifted some individuals to determine whether the message was from him, from that person's own imagination, or a false message from Satan. The Bible also warns his listeners about Satan's deceptions. And no wonder, even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light, 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen. One of the ways in which he would deceive people was to falsely speak as a prophet of God. His false prophets could give counterfeit messages to the church. Jesus had earlier warned of false prophets who would deceive people. Matthew records the Lord saying this, then if anyone tells you, look, here is the Messiah, or there he is, don't pay any attention. For false messiahs and false prophets will rise up and perform great miraculous signs and wonders so as to deceive, if possible, even God's chosen ones. Matthew 24, 24. Therefore, believers, needed to be aware that such false prophets do indeed exist. Now, listen, the church was urged to practice this gift. The Apostle Paul urged the church of Thessalonica to practice this gift. Indeed, he gave them the following command. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecy. Test all things. Hold fast to what is good. 1 Corinthians 5, 19 through 21. Prophecies were to be tested, not despised. John wrote this, the anointing you receive from him remains in you, and you don't need anyone to teach you. Instead, his anointing teaches you about all things, and is true, and is not a lie, just as it is has taught you. Remain in him, 1 John 2, 27. Option number two, the gift was discerning between the Holy Spirit and evil spirit. There is 
the, also the view that this gift was given to distinguish between the work of the Holy Spirit and various evil spirits, specifically demonic activity. The Bible makes it clear that the devil is a real person, as are his demonic followers. Therefore, a gift is needed to distinguish between God's work and the work of demons. Consequently, this gift would have more to do with spiritual warfare than discerning prophetic messages. The Bible is clear that Christians are fighting a spiritual battle. For our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Ephesians 6.12. We are indeed, listeners, locked in a spiritual battle. And there seems to be various types of evil spirits. John wrote about the need to test these spirits. He said the following words to the believers. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world, 1 John 4, 1. Now, this seems to indicate that there are a number of different types of evil listeners, evil spirits that lead us astray. Indeed, the Bible mentions a number of different types of spirits. Number one is there was a mute and a deaf spirit. Jesus cast a demon out of a man who had a mute and deaf spirit. Mark writes, when Jesus saw that the people were running together, he rebuked that unclean spirit, saying to it, quote, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more, unquote, Mark 9, 25. This particular type of spirit was named by Jesus. There was a spirit of infirmity. Jesus also healed someone who had the, quote, spirit of infirmity. Luke records the following episode. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up, Luke 13, 11. This seems to indicate another type of evil spirit. There was also a spirit of divination. The apostle Paul cast a demon out of someone who had a, quote, spirit of divination, unquote. We read in the book of Acts, as we... We're going to the place of prayer. We were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and bought her owners much gain by fortune telling. Acts 16 16. Again, listen, we seem to have another type of evil spirit which existed. Now, there was a spirit of truth and error. John wrote of the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. He explained it in this matter, listen. He said, we are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. First John 4, 6. Consequently, there is what is known as a spirit of error. Those with the gift of distinguishing between the spirits, are able to discern what type of spirit may be at work or, in some cases, actually possessing someone. Consequently, 
the gift is still very useful today. Option three, listeners, the gift has many uses. There is also the perspective that this particular gift was not limited to discerning prophetic messages, nor was it only to distinguish between evil spirits and the Holy Spirit. Indeed, it can accomplish each of these functions as well as many more. We are to discern the good from evil. The gift of discernment of spirits enables the believer to discern good as well as evil. For example, Jesus saw something good in the man Nathaniel. We read of this in the Gospel of John when Jesus saw Nathaniel coming toward him. He said of him, here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. John 1, 47, Jesus recognized this man's true character. The gift of discernment of spirits can be exercised by individual believers. Yes, individual believers, when confronted with those bringing false doctrine, can also exercise the gift of discernment. John wrote about the necessity of doing this. Who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, he who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father. Also, 1 John 2, 2, 2, and 2, 3. This gift can be exercised by all believers. Paul provides an example of discernment of spirits. The Apostle Paul provides an example of the proper exercise of the gift. When confronted with a man named Elamus, Paul discerned that he was a false prophet. The book of Acts records the incident. The church needs to exercise the gift. The churches in the first century were directed to exercise the gift of discernment. The church at Ephesus is applauded for practicing the gift. I know your work your toil and your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and find them to be false, Revelations 2, 2. Here Jesus tells them they can discern between the true and the false apostles. But I have this against you, that you tolerate that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess as is teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and to eat food sacrificed to idols, Revelations 2.20. Their spiritual discernment was lacking. The believers were specifically told not allowed to associate with those who had accepted false doctrine. Do not receive into the house or welcome anyone who comes to you and does not bring this teaching, Second John 10. We need to be like Solomon who asked the Lord for discernment. His prayer to the Lord went as follows. Therefore, give your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, that I may discern between good and evil, for who is able to judge this great people of yours? 1 Kings 3, 9. This is a good prayer for each of us to pray. Deceit will increase toward the end of this age, we are told that deceitful spirits will always try to infiltrate the church, especially toward the end of the age. Paul wrote this. The spirit clearly says that in a lot of times, some will abandon the faith and follow in deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. 
1 Timothy 4, 1. Therefore, the church needs to be on constant guard against false teachers. It is possibly the greatest enemy that the church faces. There is also the view that the gift consisted of the above two abilities as well as many more. According to this position, the spiritual gift is still functioning in the church today. Indeed, it is much needed. Whatever the case may be, the church certainly needs to be able to discern between right and wrong, good and evil. Like Solomon of old, we need to ask God for such discernment in these spiritual matters. And according to John of Damascus, the virtue of discernment, quote, is greater than any other virtue and is the queen and crown of all virtues. Amen. To everybody who enjoys listening and learning with Minister Francina Fiharas, your generous donation is what supports your ongoing family and youth ministry on and off the air. You can donate by going to CoachTateFoundation.com, which is CoachTateFoundation.com, and press donate. If you want to learn more about Francina, you can go to www.francina.com, which is www.phrantcena.com. Thank you, and God bless. Welcome back, listeners. Now, let's make a notate of eight signs you may have the spiritual gift of discernment. You may not identify with all of these, but if you do have the gift, you will recognize some of these in your life. Number one, desire for the gift. As with other spiritual gifts, desire is often the first gift, the first sign of this gift of discernment of the spirits, 1 Corinthians 14, 1. You may have a longing to see people set free from demonic bondage. You may want to be more effective in prayer and spiritual warfare. You may have a desire for wholeness. You may simply be curious about the spiritual realm. Number two, love for God's presence. One of the benefits and signs of having a gift of discernment of spirits is a heightened awareness of God's presence and anointing. Number three, sensitivity to the spiritual atmosphere. You may be more sensitive to spiritual atmospheres than most other people. Number four, feeling different from other people. Most people, even in the church life, experience life through their natural senses. Number five, unusual signs. It is not uncommon for someone who is gifted in discernment to experience unusual events or manifestations. People who are incubating a discernment gift begin to see or feel things that others are simply not aware of. Number six, childhood or pre-salvation signs. It is not uncommon to experience things relating to your gift even before becoming a Christian. Number seven, ability to know what lies behind a person's words or actions. Someone with a gift of discernment has the ability to see behind what a person is saying and presenting. And number eight, confirmation of the discernment gift by others and leaders. You may have the gift confirmed through a prophecy given to just you as an individual. And many people fail to recognize signs of the gift of discernment. They have difficulty knowing what to do with what they are feeling or sensing. A prayer for the gift of discernment. One of the greatest gifts one can receive from God is discernment. Why you may ask, is discernment such a great gift? Because it will help you to distinguish between truth and untruth. There are many false teachers 
preachers, and others alike out there today who are not spiritual, yet they go on teaching and preaching as if they know the truth. Many are great orators. They know how to tickle people's ears, say what people want to hear, and mislead people down the road that is wrong. Man cannot be trusted with the word of God. Read it for yourself. It's all over the Bible. God warns us about putting our trust in man. For example, Jeremiah 17, 5 through 8. Amen. Homework listeners, are we ready and prepared to be discerning divinely today for our next generation? How can we lead others in divine discernment when we cannot lead ourselves? What is your own divine discern manifestation in your daily life look like, sound like, smell like, taste like, feel like, and what does it sense like? Are you paying attention? How do I ask God for discernment? Look at Psalm 119.66. To God, teach me good discernment and knowledge. If you want it, ask God for it. Desire it, acquire it, because an abundant life requires it. Amen. Our closing poem today, listeners, is submitted by Tina Graves, and the title is Inner Discernment. Many have come to our planet with a message of love and peace to be thwarted, ridiculed, and enmeshed. Even in their death, it does not cease. The dark ones dish out more dirt stampeding us into the mire, unless we take a stamp using enter and inner discernment to inquire. Did the messenger bring you love and inspire goodness in you? All humans will make mistakes, but overall, did love and light shine through? We are being given choices to accept what is portrayed or look within to inner truths and break free or remain a slave. Our energy is their fuel, keeping it negative to charge. Closed minds and hearts are easy to manipulate society at large. Amen. Empower your family with the dynamic new book by Francina Hallris, Our Sixth Sense and Purpose, The Power in Knowing Who You Are. It's the book that gives you insights into life's problems. Francina Hallris is an author, motivational speaker, and national broadcaster who believes the answers to your problems lies within the knowledge that was once traditionally passed down by families. But that knowledge has been short-circuited by today's faster pace. The book, Our Sixth Sense and Purpose, The Power in Knowing Who You Are, brings that accumulated wisdom to the problems that all families face. You'll find your copy of Our Sixth Sense and Purpose, The Power in Knowing Who You Are at Amazon and at Better Bookstores. Empower your life with the dynamic new book, Our Sixth Sense and Purpose, The Power in Knowing Who You Are by Francina Hallris.